it's a tremendous time to be in media and entertainment and advertising and technology for anybody who's passionate about it. There's a tremendous opportunity for young people in the industry. What is good, futurists? This is your host, Michael Tacond, recording from an Airbnb in Joshua Tree. I rhyme right there. Funny. No, I am in an Airbnb. So what are you listening to right now? You were listening to Our Future. It's the go-to podcast and media brand for young professionals. And before I introduce my next guest, I want to repeat the fact that I've been studying the biggest podcast and one of the most effective drivers of growth for young podcasts are reviews on Apple Podcasts, on that app. It takes less than a minute. If you got an iPhone, you just go straight to the Apple Podcast app to write me a review leave me, and leave me a quick five-star rating. It takes less than 60 seconds and it will make you a key player in making our future happen. Don't you want our future to happen? If you do, you can help me out in a big way by leaving me a review on Apple Podcasts. Today, I'm bringing you a phenomenal interview I had the great pleasure of conducting with Mr. Dan Robbins, VP of Ad Marketing and Partner Solutions at Roku. Got the double title going. It's the number one streaming company in the world, or in other words, the Magic Dongle Company is what I like to refer to it as. Dan went to Cornell before working at Nielsen, and he's been at Roku for four years now. Hope you enjoy this awesome episode on the future of media, marketing, streaming, and all things entertainment. When I think of Roku, I think of, you know, it, it's a $50 billion company. And I, I think of the magic dongle company as it was once affectionately referred to in a podcast I listened to. Could you just give us a high level of like what Roku is? Sure. So it's actually far more than the magic dongle company. And Roku's mission is to be the operating system of television and to connect viewers across the world to streaming content. And so we started by making players and streaming sticks that plug into your TV and let you watch movies and television over the internet as opposed to over cable or satellite. Since then, we expanded into making smart TVs and our operating system is the number one TV operating system in North America. We power a little over a dozen smart TV manufacturers so that when you buy that TV, there's a Roku that comes out of the box. And then really in the last few years, we have made the transition to being a services company. And so our platform business is focused um, really on two things, which is one, helping content owners find new users and retain them and engage them with shows. So all of the new streaming services that launch on our platform, and then also helping advertisers and marketers reach consumers who are streaming more and watching traditional TV less. And so our business has really focused in the last couple of years on that transition to services. So now I know why it's a $50 billion company. You got the hardware going, you got the dongle going, and you've also got this massive services business taking advantage of that audience that that is afforded to you via the, the hardware component. So a rock solid business for sure. So I'd like to dive into what you do, which I believe is on the advertising side. Tell me a bit about your job and what you do at Roku as an advertising executive and how does your position sit squarely in the future of marketing? Sure. So I lead a team called Ad Marketing and Partner Solutions, which includes a few different functions. Uh, marketing, which is really how do we talk about our ad business to ad agencies and to advertisers? The second piece is what we would call growth marketing, which is more kind of a function of demand-driven marketing. So how do we actually 
operate as our own brand in a B2B mm. context and make sure that people know about Roku. The, the second team is events, which is about how do we build really awesome events for, for marketers and for ad agencies. Design, which is about how do we paint the town purple and make sure that Roku looks really good in everything that we do. Then measurement and performance analytics, which are all about when somebody runs an ad on the Roku platform, how do we make sure that they're able to quantify the return on the investment mm. and understand what's working? So and then uh, teams on really sales enablement. How do we make sure that our uh, clients and advertisers know how to use Roku and that our teams are well equipped? Yeah, I think it's really interesting, right? Because if you think about how TV has changed, you know, you obviously think of Netflix and Disney Plus and Amazon Prime, but none of those platforms you're able to advertise on. Those are subscription-based models, right? So when you, you, you take the TV audience and it's been greatly blocked off to advertisers, and here at Roku is opening its doors uh, to, to advertisers. So is there a favorite brand that advertises on Roku that you're familiar with? Um, and if, if you're not at liberty to, to maybe pick a favorite of your clients, what, what ads are winning uh, on this new like streaming TV advertising paradigm? Well, I don't know if I have a favorite, but I do think, Michael, you hit on an interesting point, which is that some viewing is not ad supported. And so the question for big brands that were really born on television, think about large CPG companies like a Procter & Gamble and Unilever sure. or large retailers like a Walmart. Automotive, who have, automotive is another great mm -hmm. example. Uh, these are industries that really were born on the back of television advertising to some extent. And what I do think, perhaps not the favorite, but some of the brands that are doing the most interesting work is thinking about how do we give a value exchange to viewers who have a lot of choices. And so that can be something like gifting a viewer a free movie night on the Roku platform brought to you by a brand. Or it could be something like March Madness is coming up, helping to curate where to watch it and making it really yeah. easy for viewers to find it. And what's really exciting about that is it goes beyond just watching a 30 second spot in your favorite television show. It's actually about getting back to where in many ways advertising started, which was things like soap operas where brands were funding shows that people would then enjoy as entertainment. It's so cool. I mean, I just interviewed the New York City Football Club. I know you're in New York City and mm -hmm. we were talking about the future of marketing and that they're not just slapping Heineken on the uniforms. They're not just slapping Heineken and a post in the stadium. Like they're working with Heineken to do creative challenges wherein you go to a bar and if you complete a challenge, you get like the special Heineken New York City Football Club scarf, right? And that speaks to what you guys are doing. Like instead of just being a passive observer, like you're inviting people into these brand experiences. And I love those examples you gave of March Madness and like a free movie night. Quibi failed. Uh, I did actually a special episode about how it failed, just talked it over with a friend a few months back. And, and really, you, you can't just create stuff and market it and expect people to love it. Uh, but anyhow, it's made for a very, very compelling acquisition opportunity for you guys for that content. Rogu in the past hasn't like done its own content. It's always like leaned on the content of others as a distribution platform. How are things changing at Roku with the acquisition of Quibi, Quibi's content? Yeah, so we recently announced that we're licensing the Quibi library and we're super Licensed. excited about the opportunity. I think to contextualize it, it's helpful to go a couple years back where we launched the Roku channel, which is a uh, really 
one of the fastest growing channels on our platform and is all about making it easier for streamers and cord cutters in particular to find and enjoy new content. And so the Roku channel started with free movies and television, and it was born off of a key consumer insight, which is that the number one searched for term on Roku.com was free. You had a lot of people who were getting rid of their cable and they wanted to figure out how can I get more free movies and television to augment what maybe I already have access to. And so we launched by, by bringing in movies and television shows. We added on news. We added on Spanish language content. We added on kids and family content. We added on premium subscriptions where you can actually sign up for things like Stars or Cinemax right within the Roku channel and add those services. And then Quibi really represents an extension of this, which is that we've now built up a strong audience base for the Roku channel. People in an estimated about 60 plus million or so persons have watched the Roku channel last wow. quarter. And so where we see the real opportunity here is to bring awesome Emmy award-winning television show with stars like Idris Elba, and so forth, and making it available free within the Roku channel for all of those I love that. And so we're, we, we think uh, the scale of the distribution and the quality of the content are going to be a really good match at a free price point. Yeah, I love how it doesn't have that barrier of subscription. I feel like we're so fatigued by subscriptions and Discovery Plus just launched. And then you have, you know, Hulu, ESPN Plus, Disney Plus, Netflix, Amazon Prime. And there really is room, I believe, for these ad-supported models above uh, you know, the, those paid subscriptions, we are tired, our wallets are getting thinner as a result. And Roku's like really well positioned to be the TV channel of the 2020s. I mean, it's really interesting how you guys are just taking that entire guide and bringing it to like the streaming verse. You know, the company is really well positioned and I'm a big fan. So Dan, I'd like to conclude with your piece of career advice to a young professional who's listening to this podcast, who's interested in, in a career in media and marketing and entertainment. Um, kind of what would you tell them if they were trying to chart their path maybe in college or maybe just graduated? That's a great question. And, and I wish I had some really sage wisdom. I'd say I'm still <laughs> learning as I go here. So I would actually be curious, Michael, to hear what the best advice you've heard on past podcasts out of my own curiosity. But, but what I would say is the, the advice that I'd, I'd give to folks who are interested in marketing and in media is to really learn as much as you can and to try to identify a place when you're coming out of college that'll do two, kind of three things. One, uh, will allow you to learn about the industry from really smart people. Two, that's going to give you growth opportunities on where the future of the industry is, not where its past is. And then three, an area where you're going to have a manager who will devote time into developing you and is going to give you the opportunity to meet and network with um, you know, folks that are going to help to build your future. So if you can find a place that's going to help you learn about the future of the industry, that you're going to have somebody who can help you develop and is going to help to build your network, that's where I would focus. And what I would say is just, it's a tremendous time to be in media and entertainment and advertising and technology. Uh, there more has changed in the last six months than probably the last six years. And so it's a really exciting time. And I think for anybody who's passionate about it, there's a tremendous opportunity for young people in the industry. Yeah, I think it's an amazing industry. I love media. Everything is audience driven. Everything is content. Like all we do all day is we're consuming content. 
And I think it's really, really cool to be part of the industry that creates that for the people. And you asked me what the best piece of career advice, I think yeah. for the for the media industry, I think I interviewed back many, many months ago now, uh, Michael Corcoran, who's head of new initiatives at Amazon Prime Video. And what he said is don't limit yourself because people think, oh, I wanna work in media, I have to go work for Netflix or Amazon. The, the truth is, is there's so many different companies that are emerging in this industry, audience companies that you can go learn at. He started his career at Sony and then on to Hulu and now to Amazon. So there's really just so many different players in the media space. And the second thing he said is like, if you want to start a podcast, you can. Like if you're a kid who's interested in media and marketing, go launch a podcast to interview the Dan Robbins of the world, because that will give you the insight and the connections you need to maybe make your next moves. Everything that's very low barriers to entry, right? Like, you know, you could create a TikTok page talking about media and marketing and generate a big audience for yourself. So anything you want to do, like you can become an expert at that even at age 20, right? Yeah, well, I think you're you're living it, and it's awesome what you've stood at with this podcast. And I think it does hit on a really good point, which is that the barrier entry to learn now is lower than it's ever been. If you can figure out the right Substack emails, newsletters to sign up to, and the right people to follow on Twitter, you'll learn so much in a way that you couldn't have possibly done 15 or 20 years ago. Getting a peek into somebody's brain in that way just wasn't possible. So mm -hmm. uh, I think... For the folks who are motivated and, and leaned in, there's a ton of opportunity. Are there any interns in your department that you've worked with in past summers? Uh, yes, and we have hired a bunch of interns into full-time roles who have since gone on to do some some awesome stuff. So we have summer internships for anybody you know, who's listening or who's interested. Mm -hmm. They can definitely reach out and we'd be happy to connect them. Ladies and gentlemen, that was Dan Robbins, VP of Ad Marketing and Partner Solutions at Roku, the magic dongle company. And he shed light on the future of media, marketing, and even shouted out some of the internship opportunities over at Roku. So I definitely check some of those out if you're interested in the space. Hope you guys enjoyed today's episode. Make sure to be subscribed to our newsletter as well as this podcast, wherever you're listening. And you can subscribe to our newsletter at the link in the description for some brilliant writing insights and advice that our team works really hard on. And again, can you leave me a quick review on Apple Podcasts? I'll be so appreciative if you do that. I'll read it out on the podcast as well. Again, thank you so much for listening, guys, and stay frosty.